Thank you for listening to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Sign up to our Patreon to receive bonus content, live streams and our weekly newsletter with money off books and museum visits as well. Plus early access to all live show tickets. That's patreon.com slash we have ways. Life is a highway and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Thank you for all the great feedback on our Dam Busters series. We've got great videos on Patreon, which really help you get your head around the geography of the dams. We also went up in a light aircraft to fly the dams. It was tons of fun. So we'll also put that out in the next few weeks. Now, there's a few changes to our upload schedule. Um, due to a busy summer for everyone, Family Stories is finished. So we're moving between the lines, our week by week 1943 through diaries and letters home and so on to Sundays. Thursdays will become either We Have Ways USA with our friend John McManus or a brilliant interview that we've lined up with all sorts of fascinating guests and historians. This week, we're going to be speaking to Ian Hislop about his favourite war movies. Achtung, achtung. Welcome to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Uh, I nearly said it. We Have Ways of Making You Talk. I nearly did it in the, the way did I've you? always resisted. Yeah, I think you should one day. We Have Ways of Making You making Talk. You yeah, talk. And, yeah. yeah. Hey, look what I, look what I got given. Uh, my parents, it's my birthday shortly, and my parents gave me this book. They didn't want to die virgins. Sex and morale in the British Eighth Army on the Western Front, 1914 to 18. I mean, how wow. about that? And it's the wrong war. But um, Jack yep. and Jill went up the hill to see a Frenchman's daughter. The census here, and so I fear I can't tell you what they taught her. Thank <laughs> <laughs> oh And That's from the Minden magazine, which is, you know, a Wipers Times type publication from the First World War. So, so what's that? Is that an early birthday present? That's an early birthday present. Sex and morale. It's a big, it's a, it's a, it's a big it's bit a big of the well, it's morale, you know. It's the big mystery in the picture. It's the thing no one wants to talk about. So it's, I'm glad I've got that, and I will. I'll be chewing through that and saying, "Did you know?" At some point, um, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about. Well, actually, I've got, I've got you, I've got you a very good little present actually. For your oh, birthday. have you? Oh, thank yeah, you, which uh, I will give it to you on Wednesday. Oh, oh brilliant! You know, it's Excellent. just a small, small thing, just a is little it, gesture. Is Nothing it a much. finished Lloyd Carrier? <laughs> <laughs> uh, sadly, not. No, don't want to get too excited. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, right. No, so, if you do see, if you do see Marcus, might be worth putting a bit of pressure on him. Just a little yeah, bit elbow. Yeah, yeah, see what I can do. Um, so, anyway, uh, last time uh, we were we were talking about um, uh, well, what we we start last time we started with the intention of talking about basically about the Battle of Longstop Hill, discussing the kind of the end of the the war in Tunisia. But then we had to go back. We had to look at. The, the you know um allied plans german reactions the yep. the, the i mean the, the simple bit, rommel rommel being sick um eighth army sort of 
waiting. I, what I love about this is Eighth Army sort of in the wings, waiting to make their grand entrance. Yeah, the First Army really should have wrapped things up in Tunisia, but they can't. And then so we'll like, have to just come and sort you out. Ah, well, if you insist, we'll rescue you then. And you could just, you could just see if you're Mo- if you're Monty, you absolutely yeah. have to turn up and uh, deliver the coup de gras, don't you? you d- you know, and his ego and and the way he's mobilised Eighth Army and he's turned them into something that's you know been working well. It, it there's there's no way he's going to sit back and let Anderson win that that campaign, is he? Let's let's no. be frank. Anyway, no. so, anyway we, so yeah, so we we got we got to the to the to the um, Medellin battle on the sixth of March, yeah. where it's you know the, the whole idea was this this was sort of Messe's first action, but with yeah. Rommel still in the, still yeah. in charge as a, as a overall now. Um, Panzer Army um, Africa commander, yeah. um, Army Group commander, rather. Yeah. And Mednin is a bad effort because they've only got a the, the, the A5 have only got a couple of um, divisions up front, and yeah. they have they're, they're vulnerable. But by the time that the Italian Panzer Army, Panzer. as it's now called, attacks, it's kind of too late, and the rest of the Eighth Army has moved up, and they get a, they get Seventh Armoured, isn't it? It's seventh Armoured and well, um, it's a combination. It's yeah. a seven. It's 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 just two divisions. Up. It's Fifth First First Highland Division, and maybe Seventh Armoured. I can't remember, yeah. but but it's just two divisions up to start off with. Yeah. And they have this window of about five, six days where they could have attacked and, and actually probably would have made an impact. But by the time they do attack on the 6th of March, it's too late. Yeah. So then it's kind of... And Medellin is right by the border. And then what they do is they... The, the Axis forces then retreat behind the Marif line. And the Marif line is really interesting because it's an old it's an old sort of French um, system, um, defences against the kind of Italians in Libya. Um, and although it's not right on the border, it's kind of very close to the border. It's like 20, 20 miles in or 25 miles, something like that. And it's on the northern banks of the Wadi Zagzal. Yep. And the Wadi Zagzal is, for the most part, an entirely dried up riverbed. Uh, and it's a fascinating thing. It's one of, those, one of those weird places where it's got really steep escarpments down into yep. the kind of the, the dried wadi below. So, you know, quite sheer cliffs. They can be up to kind of 30 foot high, mm. usually a bit less than that. But but you couldn't really kind of send a tank up. You can send a tank up. There's sort of places where you can send tanks and stuff. But but yeah. it's quite a formidable natural feature. Yeah. And behind it is a whole load of bunkers. And they're all there and connecting trenches and all the rest of it. And, what, you know, one can go down there now and and go and see it and it's all there yeah. and i mean yeah. last time i was down there was a few years ago you know one of the um tunisian army guys picked up a flipping shell <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I had to duck down in a ju- in, in a in a trench and cover it until he promised to put it down again <laughs> i kid you not <laughs> don't know so it's quite a strong position but yeah there's a, a and, and what monty plans for it is is a is a classic kind of british two two fisted punch yeah which is to attack first against the wadi zagzal and then again round the back so the the reason the wadi zagzal is such a natural defense is because it runs about i don't know like 20 miles wide or something Mm. and then there's the matmata hills and the matmata hills are quite a significant feature yeah and they're quite long and 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 they're you know they're sort of 15 miles wide and they're and they're but they're much much longer than that and what alec uh, what monty does he creates the new zealand core um, which obviously includes the New Zealanders, but also includes most of Seventh Armoured, and also includes um, Eighth Armoured Brigade, for example. Yeah, and they um, are to go round the, the southern flank of the Matmata Hills and come in behind the Marif line. That's the idea for what's known as the Tabaga Gap, which is a gap between the next row of mountains that runs sort of along the sort of southern southwestern flank of of 
Tunisia. Hmm. Uh, and it's all desert there. The southern half of the Matamata Hills, it's all desert. So it's kind of going through, you know, this is kind of SAS stuff, but on a yeah. kind of massive scale. If you see what I mean. yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's that's the idea. But this is, I think, I think you can see. So the first part of the punch is is to attack on the um, I think it's the seventeenth of of no it's nineteenth of of March is when they when launch their attack, yeah. and this is Operation Gallop, and and it's kind of never has a, a has an operational name been less misused than Operation <laughs> Gallop, and this is where Monty's slightly hoisted by his own petard because yeah. it's all well and good having yes men who don't bellyache. But the problem is, is then you've got people who have absolutely no tactical flair or charisma whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the person who's in charge of it is is Oliver Lease. Yeah. He's a 30 core commander. Yeah. And Oliver Lease is it's such an interesting character because he's one of those people that I just I cannot quite understand why he's gets to the kind of dizzy heights that he gets to. Well, he's a bit I mean- like he's a bit like Mallory. Is he a good greaser? Is he good at handshake and the and the chat and the? I mean, is he a clubbable fellow? Yeah, you because know, after all that, may, he's definitely no clubbable. To, he's that definitely make clubbable. Too much difference with Montgomery anyway. Who's not? Who isn't? Although he's Monty's clubbable in his way, isn't he? If you're, yeah, you know, if you see what I mean, you know, you can, you could. There are ways of buttering people up, and obviously, Lisa's figured them out, hasn't he? And he, you know, to, to get to core commander, you're clearly, you're, you're clearly. You've got to be good at something, haven't you? <laughs> I think he's pretty organised. I mean, yep. he's pretty organised. He's he's a very sort of hail fellow well met type. Yeah. Um, if you or I were to meet him for dinner, we'd think he was a right laugh. Um, yep. He'd be jolly and cheery. He'd be drinking. He's sort of he's a guardsman, big, isn't he? He's a guardsman. He's a big sort of bearer man. He's got a big tash. He's sort of you know, but he sort of slightly models himself too consciously on on Monty. So he goes around sort yep. of handing out cigarettes and stuff. Yeah, um, Alamonte, and he likes to come across as a sort of, you know, very kind of one of the people, and he wears sort of he wears loose pullovers and plus yep. fours and things. Yeah, and so he 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 sort of slightly too consciously cultivates the sort of eccentric British commander look, but it's it's not done with the kind of same level He's of elan. Naturally, that, no, it just doesn't. He's quite... sort of wearing it as a costume. A bit, yeah. You just you just think, oh, you're just trying a bit hard, aren't you? You just you just do a bit. I don't, I don't know what it is about him. Anyway, the bottom line is is he he's also got he's kind of sort of eighty percent good bloke and twenty percent vicious, malicious kind of not very nice at all. And so so <laughs> I, I feel kind of completely mixed because I've done so much work on Lee over the years, yeah. both from his sort of North Africa days and when he eventually takes over as Eighth Army Commander and then you know gets promoted as as Army Group Commander in in India yeah. at the end of the war. But just you know, I mean, of all the kind of terrible decisions he makes he sacks slim yeah <laughs> just yes. before the end of the war i mean and then then he gets sacked in turn and slim is promptly reinstated i mean that's that's imagine. such a that's so weird that is so weird and there's that whole thing where slim says they've all got a bit much sand in their boots his people lisa's people you know they they they, they come they come over they, they come here with their desert solution this is how we did it in the desert old boy sort of thing and it's very he's an old Etonian, so maybe he's old, some... he's, and he also he's fundamentally a kind of First World War commander. So you know his way to go forward is to kind of start of a barrage, walk behind it, 
yeah. attack. But anyway, anyway, Operation Gallop is a really, really badly planned operation, <laughs> which is Lisa's plan. And it's just rubbish. And he attacks with lots of Valentines rather yeah. than Sherman tanks, which he's got, and yeah. Grants. I mean, yeah. why? You know, at the point where the Valentine, is, you know, for all its many virtues, is kind of starting to get kind of a bit obsolescent in the, as a yeah. frontline battle piece. Yeah. He's using them. And he doesn't attack with a kind of enough of vim and verve. And also, it kind of decides to rain. So the Wadi Zagzau, which is completely dry for kind of four years at a time, suddenly becomes a raging torrent, which kind of, you know, to be fair to least, does work against him. But the yeah. whole thing is a total shit show. Uh, yeah. And, you know, they get completely bogged down. And then there is a counterattack by 15th Panzer and the yeah. Giovanni Fascisti, the young fascist yeah. division, who are actually yeah. pretty good. Um, and basically reclaim all the gains that Eighth Army have made. So they've basically got to start all over again. And, and what really, and it becomes just a sort of slugging match on the Marathline. And what actually really undoes it is the the, the bit around the Matmata Hills and going through the Tobago Gap, which yeah. is a complete success. Uh, yeah. You know, absolutely. The Germans are kind of aware of it. Um, and and the, the, the access forces are aware that this is a possibility. They they learn of it beforehand, but but they can't be everywhere. They can't be kind of giving it maximum strength at the Marath line and maximum yeah. strength at the Tobago Gap. There's just not yeah. enough to go go around. And they're being pressed from the southwest by the US two corps who are in sort of yeah. Gafsa, El Getar, that kind of, uh, yeah. and, and heading towards sort of Magnassi, uh, all at the same time. And on the 27th of March, there is there is no option but for. The Italian Panzer Army to retreat behind the Gabby's Gap, which is basically the Wadi Akarit, which yeah. is the next sort of line of defence. And this is so you have this in 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 Tunisia. You've got there's a lot of mountains in Tunisia, but what there is is the eastern dorsal, which is this kind of runs parallel to the eastern coastline of Tunisia, because mm. you know Tunisia, Tunisia kind of has has a large bit of coastline. Um, and it, and it's kind of like a sort of shelf that kind of sticks out at the edge of North Africa, yeah. and you've got the mountains there, and then you've got the sea. So that gives you the the gap between just north of the coastal port town of Gabez, which yeah. I wouldn't recommend to anyone to go and visit. By the way, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's an absolute flea hole of gargantuan proportions um my my, my friend Apologies jimmy and i to any tunisian listeners um, yeah yeah i'm really sorry uh, yeah don't take the it posse um because you know we we do get the data on the podcast we know where well uh, you know to be fair it was 20 years ago i was there and it, you know i'm sure it's improved I'm sure a huge it's uh, yeah, seen there. a great deal of development and improvements yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 but anyway back in back in 2004 or five or whatever it was i was going over there uh, with my mate jimmy we, we we stayed in the best hotel in town and it was not very good <laughs> We all got bitten by bed bugs and all the rest yeah, of it, yeah. as you can imagine. Yeah. But anyway, that's by the by. But just north of that, you see, you've got the coast, and then you've got the kind of strip to the to the um, the yeah. southern end of the of the eastern dorsal, and that is the Wadi Akrit. There's another Wadi that you can slip behind, so that's the Wadi Akrit. So that's where they move back to. But that they do that is absolutely really very little to do with Eighth Army's effort or Thirty Corps' effort on the Marath line. That's that's the bottom line of it. You know, yeah. it's, it's it's not. Lisa's finest moment and that's the yeah. problem again and the same problem arrives when they get to the Wadi Akarit because and, and poor old Tuka is absolutely tearing his hair out because he gets asked by Lise in the middle of the Marath line battle he says look do you think you can take your fourth Indian guys can you can you just outflank the uh the the, the Marath line by going through the Matmata hills 
rather than going right round the southern end of the Matt Marta Hills, actually yeah, yeah. go through the Matt Marta Hills. And Chico yeah. goes, consider it done. Just as he's doing that, he's about set off. And I think it's the British First Division, or First Armoured Division maybe, yeah. get, get, get asked to go through. And they cut in in front of the fourth, yeah. fourth Indians. So they just can't, yeah. you know, they can't move. Yeah. So yeah. they're really held up. So it's of enormous frustration. But finally, Tuka gets his opportunity to do what he wants to do at the Wadi Akarit. Mm. So he says, okay, look, I can go up into the Eastern Dorsal, get that, and I'll take out the gun positions, you know, the Italian's gun positions overlooking the Wadi Akarit on the eastern flank yeah. and cut in behind them. And that will blast a massive hole through the line through which Tenkor can then pour through. Yeah. And. Monty, Lees, and um, Horrocks all need a little bit of persuading on this. He goes, no, trust me, we, we, we can do it. And eventually they go, okay, we'll crack on then. And they do exactly as he says they're going to do it. They, they yeah. get into the mountains, they take out the Italian positions, they blast a hole through, behind. they get in behind, there's a hole in the in the Wadi Akira, it's absolutely there. And Tenkor just don't move. Yeah. Don't move. Yeah. Yeah, there's some, I mean... And it's some... just a mystery. And, and, and again, this is exactly the same thing as... as as lease at, yeah. at Marafline. Well, this is, the stuff, it's... this is the stuff that Tuca is so angry about in approach to battle. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, you know, and, and his contempt really for uh, it's Horrocks in particular. He really doesn't like Horrocks one, one bit. Um, uh, uh, you know, that we just he thinks basically... he's unimaginative and too much of a kind well, of, and, all, but also, he, and also he's a placeman. He thinks he's a placeman. He thinks he's, he's one of Monty's guys. So everything he does will be whatever, you know, will be to 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 fit to fit with his boss rather than um thinking for himself. Horrocks is one of those people he names once and then doesn't mention again by name in the book, but you know exactly who he's talking about. The way he talks about Neil Ritchie in Approach to Battle with, with never naming him, never ever using. Well, just his says name. the Eighth Army Commander. Yeah, yeah, the Eighth Army Commander. Did, you know, didn't know what he was doing, um, but basically, or lacked the. Lack the vitals and all that sort of thing is his is is his way of looking at it. No, his um, uh, Tuca's personal maps of 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 the body accurate battle are fascinating. You know, this battle has two interesting characteristics: the first, the rather uncommon nature of the surprise employed, and the second, the failure to su sustain the surprise to the decisive and annihilating finish. So there, that there, there's a very neat summary of uh, how pissed off uh, Francis yeah. Tuca was by yeah. the end of it. But he concludes by saying, it may here be noticed that the original 8th Army plans for the attacks on Alamein, Marath and Akarit were similar. Namely, the main attack on the right with the substitute distracting manoeuvre on the left. And that's true. I mean, the, the fact that the second half of um, uh, of uh, the Marath line battle is called Supercharge 2 um, rather rather gives the game away in Monty's thinking um, with 8th Army at that point. It's, All right, we'll do that. We'll do Supercharge again then. If you, you know, or how do I get the people to, how do I get 8th Army to... Put, you know, gather up its skirts and put an attack in. We'll name it after our last really successful big attack. Yeah, yeah, call it Supercharge 2. All a bit bloody obvious. Um, a subsidiary dive, uh, dive, distracting manoeuvre on the left. 30 Corps head headquarters now left the 8th Army in order to prepare itself and its divisions for the seaborne assault on Sicily. So he, you know, he's very, very un, um, unhappy about how this battle turns out. He quotes Suvorov, um, a, a forest imperfectly cut down grows again. So he's saying if you don't, if you don't deliver the blow when you've got the moment, you just have to do it all over again. And he's right, isn't he? I mean, it's... Yeah, I mean, it's this great thing, isn't it? It says, at 0845 hours, 10 Corps commander arrived at 4th Division headquarters. With reports from all units in hand, 
um, the, the divisional commander pinpointed his positions. An office note supplies the following details of the subsequent conversations. Commander 4th Indian Division pointed out to Commander 10 Corps that we had broken the enemy, that the way was clear for 10 Corps to go through, that immediate offensive action would finish the campaign in North Africa. Now was the time to get the whips out and spare neither men nor machines. But it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't happen until later that afternoon, and it's really interesting because because you know part part of that ten corps uh, um our eighth armored um yeah. brigade, and they're all chomping yeah. at the bit. Okay, what what the hell are we doing? Why aren't we just going? And it, and it's one of those things that you, you can you can look at this any which way you like. There is no obvious reason why they didn't get going. Yeah, it's very strange. It's just he, I love the way he writes about this battle. I mean, when Tuka, Tuka he's not very good at concealing um uh, how brilliant he thinks he did. Um, the, the, the battle pixies smiled and nodded encouragement as they dealt the cards that night. I mean, what, what a, the battle pixies smiled, even persuading the mazed Luftwaffe to drop flares at the very time when our leading company was thinking of putting up its own in order to take a look around. There seemed to be nothing that could withhold the royal flush from our greedy hands when a sudden silence fell overall. So, so what's interesting is is. I mean, you know, Tuca is, isn't necessarily a reliable source about Francis Tuca, but um, it's he's so angry about it; it's unbelievable. But I mean, what's going on there? Is it is it is it Horrocks Horrocks just thinks this whole thing's too? Because after all, the big worry in Eighth Army has always been: if we do too well, we'll overextend, and then we and then we're going to get caught out get caught with our trousers down and, and and that's been the that's been the you know the defining that's where the caution in the, in the desert has come from isn't it is all those occasions where eighth army overreaches and is that what horrocks is doing is he thinking yeah oh, no. i think it's i i think he's just he he just thinks that you know eighth army doesn't do kind of decisive breakthroughs and kind of fold up <laughs> armies and 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 i i don't think he has the courage of his convictions he just doesn't yeah. think he just thinks i don't want to do a kind of to set everyone off at kind of 8.30 a.m. on this supercharge, you know, what if there's a trap? What if there's, it's all very well Tuka saying this, but he's only a divisional commander. It's all very well him saying it. He's he's not a core commander. You know, he hasn't got Monting breathing down his neck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You you know, what what if we, what if our reconnaissance isn't accurate? What if Tuka's kind of overplayed his hand? What if we go in there and we get folded up in turn? It's just caution. You know, it's, 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 it's old fashioned caution. And it's, and it's, you know, it's it's that message from Monty, which is don't attack unless you absolutely know you're going to win. And and yeah. Horrocks just doesn't quite believe Tuca's optimism, his positivity, yeah. his his kind of what he's saying. I, I think that's yeah. that's what it is. But but shame on him because yeah, yeah, yeah. you know good 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 commanders make make tough decisions and and, and, and make bold because- decisions and and instinctively know when when you should strike. But this doesn't. I mean, it's interesting that this hasn't gone into sort of Horrocks' reputation as a you know. No, Horrocks. because because who's who's bleating about it? Yeah. You know, Wadi Akarat is still a victory, and the only person who's bleating about it is Tuka. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but yeah. but it doesn't mean to who, say who, that that, that well, that's right. And along the way, but and along the way, Tuka hasn't made a lot of friends, has he? So it's not like no. But um, but I, I was trying like to say anyone in his corner. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I'm 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 massively sympathetic to Tuka because I, I you know it, it's hard to argue against his his principles and his principles of training and and you know this is why I'm so obsessed with Operation Strike, which we'll get onto in a minute, because 
everything that Duke has been saying is basically proved in that 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 final battle in Tunisia. So so the, so the the Italian Panzer Army managed to escape. They they get badly mauled at Wadi Akrit, but they do escape yeah. and they then pull back. You know, then the von Arnim. You know, so Rommel's gone. He's yeah. out of the picture. So von Arnim is now the Army Group Commander, and he was he's the Fifth Panzer Army Commander up in what had been up in the north anyway. So yeah. that's his kind of turf, and 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 everyone's realizing that that you know it's kind of game up in in Tunisia apart from Hitler who's still pumping yet more men yeah. and material into into the bridgehead but obviously the smaller the bridgehead the more concentrated your forces kind of you know the easier it is to defend and there's still lots of mountains up in the north and hills yeah. and stuff it's a you know the, the the bridgehead in northern northeast Tunisia is still a formidable one and they've now yeah. got 350,000 men i mean that's yeah. a hell of a lot yeah yeah it really is a lot of men that's, that's a lot a, of manpower that's a, and that's again a ton you know of the manpower. Yeah, yeah, and it's not a three-to-one manpower advantage to the Allies by any stretch of the imagination. You know, the advantage is coming in the in the in the, the efforts of the air power, and this is what's really interesting is because Alexander, in in absolutely you know supporting supporting Cunningham, has, has said, "Look, you need to really get." You know, when he takes over in the middle of February, what he says is the air forces have to concentrate on knocking out as many forward um, Luftwaffe bases as possible and taking them themselves. And that's going to be risky, but do it. And the moment they do that, they start to absolutely dominate the airspace. And of course, that makes what you're doing on the ground so much better. And that's a force multiplier, you know, in, in, a, in a huge way. And suddenly you've got the full weight of a desert air force you know all the north african um um air forces as well you've you've got the north african tactical air force operating as a whole just homing in on that and homing beyond the coastline to to um the air umbrella that's coming across um the air train that's coming across from from the, the mediterranean on the axis point of view and they're just shooting down these 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 um, access aircraft, the Gigants and all that, yeah, yeah, the Gigants. These these Messerschmitt three two threes and the Ju fifty twos. You know the, yeah. these aircraft, which are just so precious to the Luftwaffe and to Germany, they're being absolutely hammered. And and the kind of the 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 kind of apex of that, in a way, is is the eighteenth of April, which is Palm Sunday, which is the kind of Palm Sunday turkey shoot, as it becomes known. Yeah, where yeah. predominantly American fighters shoot down. I think it's seventy four, something like that. Seventy four aircraft, mm. something like that. I mean, it's 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 um it's a huge number. These are sort of irrecoverable losses, really, for 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 Luftwaffe. And most of the planes that are shot down are transports. Yeah, which are yeah. you know arguably the most precious yeah. aircraft that the Axis have. Uh, and the, but at the, so at the same time as the Marathon battle, battle, you've got the the, the US two Corps. Battle of El Geta, haven't they? With their their two horns of the of the Allied advance, yeah. And the Germans are very much, you know, the, the meat in the sandwich, aren't they? At this at this yep. point, um, I, it, it, it does. I mean, yes, yes, they're li- yes, the Germans' lines are shorter, but absolutely everything you're saying, absolutely everything we're talking about, says get the get the hell out of Dodge if you're the if you're the Germans. I mean, it really does. It's a, you're wait you're wasting you're wasting everything in this situation. Yeah. Pa- Panzers, because again, yet the last time we spoke about you know Steve Prince's um, lovely insight that the reason the reason the British think of the Germans as armoured and mechanised is because they were that's what they were in the desert because you couldn't use horses. You did the, 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 they didn't use horses, and so so we have that. So they're wasting their good kit. You know, um, it, yeah. After all. It, it, if Stalingrad is the kind of, um, you know, the, the 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 battle this this gets compared to a lot, the campaign that this gets compared to a lot, that's the Wehrmacht using horses in in 
in in Stalingrad, isn't it? That's that yep. that's that German war machine. Whereas yes. this German war machine is the one that's that's much more expensive, mechanized, high tech. Yep. Um, supposedly joined up, which it has to be, which, which it has, has to be because because you're, you're going across the Mediterranean. Yeah, 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 exactly. So this is the expensive end of the German war machine that's being being mashed up, and to what end? I mean, it's it it's it, you know we 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 talked with um when we talked with uh, uh, John McManus the other day about the Alamo in the Ardennes and the idea that that you know the the bulge offensive actually burns up a ton of precious stuff that the Germans could have used in the defense of Germany when the, you know, when the, when that, when that moment came, and they've basically spunked all those, you know, all those panzers and all that effort on a thing that gets them nowhere rather than doing something sensible and defensive. And, you know, it would have made getting across the Rhine that much more difficult if they'd not waste all that stuff. And you think again here, this is an example of what use this stuff could have been put to in Italy. Um, uh, these men, this equipment, Italy or Sicily, you know, th- th- that that same summer, it was to, I mean, it, be- it, it beggars belief. And yeah, it, it absolutely obviously, belief. it's, you know, it's, 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 this is one of those moments where you need your, what would Hitler do wristband to go, oh, well, you know, something really stupid. <laughs> it's, yeah, completely. And, and you've got, because you've got Kessel ring in Italy at this point going, right, okay, go back to Enfideville, shorten your lines, tidy this up because... Because this is this is a disaster waiting to happen, haven't you? He's saying that. Yeah. So the fact that the fact that Kesselring in Italy, who knows he's next, he knows he's on the menu next for the Allies. Is it, his advice is you need to make things easier for me, essentially, by making things easier for yourself. I think that's yeah. really really interesting. Well, yes, all, and, and they all know. They all know, and and and. You know, you can, you can argue a toss over Operation Mincemeat, but literally the only person who's who, who thinks that the, the next Allied attack is going to be anything other than Sicily is Hitler. I mean, yeah. everybody else is totally convinced. You know, from Mussolini to Kesselring to yeah. you know to the yeah. whole all the German high command in 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 the Mediterranean, they all think it's yeah. going to be Sicily because that's the only place realistically yeah. that you can operate within with within fighter cover. So that that yeah. is that's your limiting factor and it doesn't it's you know it doesn't take a sort of world's greatest strategist to kind of work that out yeah. so it, pumping all that stuff into into when you've got a very also you've got that very very short kind of stretch between sicily and the toe you know you 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 could absolutely chuck everything into Sicily and the toe of italy and you know you make yourself yeah. a pretty impregnable i mean you know really i know Hitler thinks it's Greece, but no one else thinks it's going to be Greece because no, because it, it's, it isn't going to be Greece because it's not going to be Greece because it <laughs> it's not possible. Yeah. So yeah. that would have clearly been a much better solution. Anyway, you know, thank goodness because they don't do that; they pour it all into into North Africa. So there is this sort of reorganisation that goes on, and it's really interesting because because Patton gets taken out of two corps to kind of get ready for Sicily. Um, because he's going to be the new army commander in Sicily, yeah. and so then it's Bradley's turn, and Bradley gets taken over. As, uh, and, and Alexander's initial thinking is, well, the Americans are down south, and you know we'll just sort of leave them out of it, and they can just yeah. sort of you know twirl their thumbs for a bit, and kind of you know they've had a hard time and all the rest of it. And Bradley goes, no, you know we really need to be a part of it. And Alex goes, okay, fine, fine, no, okay, I'm, I'm hearing you. Let's yeah. put you in the north. So they, the Americans get moved right to the far north. They have this massive shift right yeah. into the northern part, and that's their sector. Then the French, then the, then first army. And it's absolutely considered that the eighth farmer will move up to the Infideville line and they will play second fiddle. But uh, Monty knows this is the right call. He absolutely yeah. knows this is the right call, but just can't resist it. 
So he sends off 56th Division, which is kind of only newly arrived from from Iraq. Yeah. And is new to battle, sends them up the coast. They, they kind of, you know, it bombs spectacularly badly. And so that's that. And at that point, Alexander says, right, send me your best troops. Um for uh for an op- for an operation which we'll send over to, in the Majorda Valley, which is the key ba- valley really leading up into yeah. Tunis. Yeah. Um, send us the best troops you've got, and we'll attach them to First Army. So he sends Seventh Armored Division and Fourth Indian Division. Yeah. Who are the original? Yeah. Originals of the Western Desert Force after yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back they're, in they're, they're, you know nineteen forty. Yeah. yeah. And there's a kind of rather nice synergy, I think, which I don't think is it's not it's not. There's not a nod to history there. It's just that they are the best. They're the most experienced. Yeah, yeah. But but it, it it's a coincidence that they're also the people. But it's also interesting. But, but they also given given uh, Montgomery's history with Eighth Army, they predate him too. So uh, that th- that is a that's a don't they? That's a gesture of his confidence in the the army he inherited, isn't it? That he's sending yeah. the, the the outfits that completely predate him in his way of doing things. Because yeah. after all, his way of doing things is the. Is the secret to his style of command that and Tuco, and we've just been talking about Tuco really isn't interested in Montgomery's way of doing things. He's not enamored with it at all. Let's no. take a break and then we'll and then we'll um Well, yes, because we actually haven't talked about the uh, we haven't talked about the north of Tunisia at all. So we yeah, need so to get back to that before we get into the final battles. <laughs> so let's take a break and then we'll we'll do what we can to bring the Tunisian oh, this is a bit like being Eighth Army. We're gonna do what we can to bring the, the Tunisian campaign to a close. Yeah. yeah as soon yeah, as yeah, we yeah. possibly can, but we can't make any big promises. We'll see you in a tick. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Life is full of what ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome back to Weird Ways of Making You Talk, where James and I are manfully struggling with the um, trying to get to Tunis um, <laughs> within the confines of this podcast. Um, so, in the north, you've 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 uh, two corps, haven't you? 
Yes. Ninth Infantry Division, First Armored Division, Thirty Fourth Infantry Division, First Infantry Division. Then you got well, yes, um, but before that, before before that big switch where they move them all yeah. up, this is all at the same time as kind of you know Marathline and already accurate. Yeah. There's other battles yeah. going on with First Army who were covering yeah. the north, and there's a final kind of there's a second. So there's Fulingsvind, which is the kind of you know yeah. the final effort by by Rommel, uh, yeah. but then von Arnim does a second counterattack as well in the north because he's got all this stuff going in and he's sort of yeah. basically under huge pressure to do so. And this yeah. is where you're you're talking about um you know this is these are the big battles in the court forest at the north this yeah. is Sidi Nazir where yeah. the Germans counterattack and basically the the, the the British hold them um they hold them at Sidi Nazir they hold them at Hunt's Gap as another one these are you know these are really really ferocious battles and this is when you're seeing the 17 pounders coming in for the first time but yeah. you know properly in the north um it's when you're seeing Churchill tanks really showing their worth their kind of ability yeah. to climb up really really steep hills so you have all that as well so yeah you know Sidi Nazir is is kind of end of February beginning of March so this is all the same time and then that that counteroffensive that second counteroffensive in the north by 5th Panzer Army is repulsed and then it's kind of that's the point where the Germans kind of realise, okay, you know, this yeah. is now kind of short on the bridgehead and, yeah. and, and and all the rest of it. So we should have really talked about that earlier. But well, you, were, I mean, as an example, you wanted to talk about Battle of Hill six oh nine. Yeah. So this is so that now we're into the final kind of phases. So so, so yeah. what's happened is the second you have Fulingswind, which is the which is the Rommel counteroffensive, which is supported incidentally by von Arnim's lot as well. Right. And that's the kind of sort of middle. That's launched on the fourteenth of February. Then uh, the, I think it's like the twenty seventh or twenty sixth of February, something like that. Yeah. that. That's the second attack um, yeah. by by von Arnim's lot, repulsed and and held beginning of March. At the same time as kind of you know, then you've got kind of Eighth Army pushing up, and suddenly you've got this sort of re retraction. So suddenly yeah. you've got this by the kind of middle of April. 1943, you've got this bridgehead where in which you've got 350,000 Axis troops, lots of, you know, you've got the Hermann Goering Regiment, um, yeah. you've got all sorts of German forces, um, and, and also, um, you know, among the better Italian troops, to be fair. Yeah. Um, you know, the young fascists and all the rest of it. And Alexander is preparing for this final battle. You've got Eighth Army coming up towards Infideville, which is a sort of very obvious line, um, sort of south of Tunis. Then you've got yep. First Army, and then you've got two corps in the north. And 34th Red Bulls are given the job of taking one of the key features, which is the Jebel Tahent, uh, which is known as, as Hill, more simply as Hill 609. And this, this is a very kind of rugged, high feature, dominates the 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 Jamin and Teen valleys up in yeah. the north and really is the gateway to Bizerta, which is the kind of you've got Tunis, which is the capital, and then you've got Bizerta, which is the kind of sort of great port on the north coast of of, yeah. of Tunisia, which is kind of yeah. sort of Carthage in the middle. Um the old sort of, you know, the old Carthaginian port. Um and Bradley with I think a kind of sort of real perceptiveness gives the chance gives the job of taking hill 609 to the beleaguered 34th red bulls mm. and they're the guys who at the beginning of Fulingsvin ran away at fonduk you know basically yeah. they panicked were sent back to battle schools in algiers yeah. retrained and bradley tells doc ryder charles major general charles ryder who's the commander of the 34th red bulls he goes give me that hill and no one will ever doubt the toughness of your division and uh <laughs> And and is that how Bradley speaks? I don't know. I so I think he probably does talks a little bit like that. Get me that hill, and no one will ever doubt the toughness of your division. <laughs> or does he do it like Clint? 
Give me that hill and no one will ever doubt the toughness of your division. Anyway, take whichever or, version or, you, you like. Know, or Donald Duck. <laughs> yeah. Get me that hill, no one will ever yeah, doubt the toughness of your division. Hill. Yeehaw. Yeah. <laughs> um, someone needs to write in and tell us what Bradley's. I mean, I bet you can. we can find Bradley on on the internet talking. And there's, yeah, I bet there's, we can. I'm so there's really no excuse. Yeah. It just shows that we haven't done our prep. <laughs> anyway, I'm going with Clint. Give me okay. that hill. Um, anyway, so so they attack yes, the sir. lowest. <laughs> Immediately. Yes, sir. Yeah. General Bradley, sir. Um, yeah. Out of you, soldier. And <laughs> I've just suddenly remembered something. Um, uh, a really funny description uh, by... Uh, anyway, I'll come back to it in a minute. Yeah, you're right. Uh, it's really, really funny because it, it comes out of one of the greatest cliches of all time. Um, anyway, <laughs> by the by. Um, uh, so they attack the lower slopes on the 28th of April and they get the lower slopes. And then they yeah. do a major assault in daylight behind a barrage of artillery on the 29th of April. Old school. They storm the peak three times, push back every single time, doesn't work. And then Bradley suggests to Ryder, why don't we ask the Brits if we can have some Churchills? Yep. Yeah. They're handed over. They tack again with Churchills. And what the Churchills do is they pound the MG positions and the mortars. It's a tried and tested formula. And generally speaking, it works. It still works in Normandy once you can get the tanks through. Yep. Yep. Through the bockage, that's what you do. You use yep. your tanks to suppress the mortars and MGs. Every yep. single time. It's what you should have done at the Rapid Ave. That's another story. Um, yep. And they don't. So... Anyway, by the afternoon of the 30th, the Red Bulls are on the summit. They're, they're counterattacked something like 13 times by the Germans who are from the HG, the Hermann Goering yep. Regiment. Yeah. Um, and every single time they're successfully beaten off. And by the 2nd of May, the, the entire hill is cleared. And one of the people who's watching this is our old friend Ernie Pyle. Right. And he says, he writes a, he writes a piece about this, and it's just one of his, one of his epics. And he goes, yep. I love the infantry because they are the underdogs. Yeah. They are the guys that wars can't be won without. And he watches a men returning from the front line, traipsing down a mountain track. Their walk is slow, for they are dead weary. Every line and sag speaks of their inhuman exhaustion. On their shoulders and backs, they carry heavy steel tripods, machine gun barrels, leaden boxes of ammunition. Their feet seem to sink into the ground from the overload they're bearing. And he's really shocked by their appearance. He says, their faces are black and unshaven. They're young men, but the grime and whiskers and exhaustion make them look middle-aged. Wow. It's just... Yeah, you know, and it's a PBI, isn't it? It's a poor bloody yeah. infantry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and again, you kind of, you can only but marvel at these men doing this because, yeah. you know, they're Americans from the Midwest, most of them in the in the Red Bulls. And, yep. you know, they've what are they doing up this godforsaken yeah. hill in the middle of kind of northern? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's interesting. Ryder was Bradley's classmate in the class the stars fell on in 1915. Is that so? To their pals, I didn't know that. I didn't. They're, they're know all that. They, they know one another properly, which I think is which, which I think is really interesting because that obviously that says that Bradley knows Ryder's qualities and so is confident even after that disaster in, in yeah. being able to ask him. Yeah, knows he's interesting. Him. Yeah, it's really Isn't really interesting? interesting. I mean, the thing is, the thing is, I mean, what you you know, the, the, this is the, what you're talking about though. Those Churchills is using them as as. Uh, as infantry tanks in the in the style to which they were designed to be to used. which they're designed exactly that. and and that you know that 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 doctrine that's 
that works that you know that that way of doing things actually works properly um i mean it's interesting you know bradley Bradley sort of says afterwards, doesn't he? He says, uh, I was immensely pleased with this victory at Hill 6 and 9. I was pleased too for Doc Ryder's 34th division. As I'd expect, the victory restored self-confidence to the division. No one ever again would question its courage. In fact, it went on to become one of the finest infantry divisions of World War II. But this is the this is what's happening in Tunisia for the Americans. I think it's interesting we've talked about, you know, the, 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 the British British caution, uh, 8th Army caution is born of, is born of, experience so they're making mistakes the british are making mistakes because of their experience of fighting the germans essentially the americans yeah. are making mistakes because they have no experience fighting the germans and right that's a one, really good point yeah one way or one way or another you're going to make but one way or another you're going to make mistakes and obviously the germans make a tremendous mistake at hill 609 by countering counterattacking 13 times and offering themselves up for destruction yeah it's this it's and this they're german destroyed, basically well exactly the german obsession with counterattack if yeah. you've got your if you've got your chaps in your OPs and you you can deliver artillery fire to where the enemy are going to counterattack, the thing you want them to do is counterattack thirteen times because yeah. you, you they offer themselves up to be completely destroyed. And yeah. I think that you know that that what you've got what you've got is everyone learning, you know everyone learning all at once, and the Germans the Germans not learning at this point. Yeah. Uh, uh, in a sense, it ain't working anymore the way they used to do things. Because the Allies have managed to join up their artillery with their infantry, with their tanks, with some their of the time, power. with their, and their air power, some of the time, but enough of the time for it to be decisive on the battlefield. And you, you just know that that, that you look at any of the. I mean, it, this is the problem with the Second World War. You look at any of dis, dispassionately. The Germans really ought to stop doing what they're doing and go home. And <laughs> yeah, the, the, that, the, that the is the bottom line. The, yeah, the best result is for them to stop. But yeah. um, it's, I think it's it's really really interesting this uh, uh, and and these are the kind of battles being fought or as the vice um, is tightened yeah. in the advance to Berserk and Tunis, isn't it? So Longstop Hill, for instance, which is where we where we started the other yeah. day, where where Spike Milligan Fifty um, Ninth um, uh, uh, Heavy Battery are fighting and shed, do an awful lot of shelling. Yeah. And, so it's just and, just in front of it's just 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 yeah. kind of sort of northwest west northeast east of 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 Medjez, overlooking it's the, the same kind Valley. of it's the same kind of encounter the Germans counterattacking, uh, you know, and in the end in the end, uh, uh, one of those actions won by PBI fixing bayonets, yep, forcing them off the top of the hill, holding the holding the hill, you know, what's left of a battalion basically down to sort of 48 guys with bayonets it's that kind of yeah. it's that kind of encounter but the british have the ability and the americans have the ability to actually push these things home and the german counterattacking isn't working anymore yeah isn't isn't working and i think because after all you know the, and we've talked about italy a lot lately if countryside is so defendable why are you why are you opening yourself to destruction the way that the germans are doing in tunisia yeah, and uh, it's it, it sort of mysterious, and people going in, in people going in in penny packets, and 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 all that stuff that that's leading to leading to disaster. So you've got the, the campaign being fought in penny packets. So the so the the local tactics are bad, and then the high strategy is rotten too. You know, yeah. and, uh, uh, for all their artistry supplying, trying to supply this army for all their in fact their operational art at this point, which is quite it's they're quite good at it, although. Yeah, although the problem is the um, the Allied air forces have got their act together. It's it's it, it, it. I mean, does it? 
you think it speaks of what's to come to, you know, that this is, this is now the pattern? Yeah. I just, I think the interesting thing is, I, I mean, the interesting thing about this is, is, is that the, there's so many lessons that are learned on, on in Tunisia. Yeah. And not least with Operation Strike, which we should get onto in a moment. Yeah. But, but which are then sort of weirdly forgotten again. I mean, I think the, mm. the, the key things, I remember talking to um, a great length of a lovely fellow in New Jersey called Bucky Walters, who was actually, yeah. although he wasn't in the Midwest, was in the Red Bulls. And he was a, um, he was a company sergeant major in, um, yeah. in the heavy weapons company. Yeah. And, and he was saying, you know, he remembered Fonduk. And Fonduk, he said, just no one knew what to expect. It was all so new. And, you know, suddenly being yeah. fired upon. And you don't know, you know, the whole thing just seems utterly terrifying. But he says, by yeah. the time we got to Hill 609, you yeah. know, even what we picked up at, at Fonduk and then subsequently with the battle scores, he says, you know, you, you can, you, you, you've learned how to distinguish between different sounds of small arms. And, and, yeah. and you, you, you know when a, a mortar's coming and you know what it will do. And you know that a Stuka attack are usually directed at tanks and artillery rather than infantry. So actually yeah. they're not as scary as you, you, you think they might be. And yeah, that, yeah. that that you just picked up that sixth sense and, you know, you started to, to be able to learn where a shell was going to land from the sound it was making overhead and as it was coming in. And you knew when to kind of duck properly and when you yeah. didn't need to and all those sort of things. And all that kind of stuff just... just he said the other thing is also you just become you come sort of numb to the kind of the horrors of it and sort of seeing body parts and all the rest of it. Yeah. He said you know you just do get used to it in a kind of weird sort of way. So yeah. when when you're attacking Hill Six Hundred Nine, there's 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 nothing. He said a lot of your fear comes from what you don't know, but once you know it, the fear is a different type of fear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's been fun. It has been very interesting. Thanks, Jim. Um, you've done no, a, thank you. A, a extraordinary job taking us through all that. Um, there is the story in Milligan's memoir of the of the parade, the victory parade in in Tunis, where it rains and they all run off. <laughs> the, 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 everyone runs away because it's pissing down. Well, the yeah. people who lead the lead the victory parade in Tunis are, of course, the Red Bulls. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know. it, I, it's interesting, nice. isn't it? Because this campaign is is essentially. You know, just as Sicily's a prelude to Italy, so it kind of gets kind of gets left out of the sort of, um, you know, the, 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 there's so much there's so much goes on here. Yeah, and the, the, it's the Americans' first campaign, and it's and it's a victory. It's a great victory. I think is is genuinely amazing. Yeah. One thing the British Army, the British Army has been, you know, uh, toing and froing in the desert, learning its learning its lessons the hard way. The Americans come and do this from scratch. That that, yeah. that that fight the Germans from scratch in 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 North Africa, and yeah. I think that and you know torch isn't even a year after Pearl Harbor. You, you you know what the hell are the the American capacity to 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 deliver all of this is absolutely Absolute boggling, uh, yeah. uh, uh, a proper sleeping giant moment, isn't it? You yeah. know, like uh, uh, and you know if you're the Germans, you've got to go. Hang on a minute, look at the. Look at the trouble we're in, actually. Yeah. You know, yeah. balls. We've bitten off more than we could chew here. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we, we, you know, two corps is, is, is just a core. It's, it's just a part of, of British First Army for this for this campaign. Yeah. It's not more than that. But it is 90,000 strong, you know, so it's quite, it's quite a big yeah. core, Yeah, to be fair. I mean, you can have core half that size. Well, thanks everyone for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this uh, canter through the Tunisian campaign and um, some views as well uh, on it all. It's so in, it's so interesting. This, I mean, uh, obviously the requirement here of this counterfactual is that Hitler's rational. You'd look at this, you think, you know what? Ain't worth it. 
No. They're coming for us. No. It's also, it's, it's, I just think it's such an amazing time because it's it's when it's when the Allies kind of work out. It's, it's you know, Alexander makes that comment about the brotherhood of, of air, land and sea in June yeah. following the, the, the campaign in Tunisia. But but it's in Tunisia that they kind of work it all out. Yeah. You know, they work out how to kind of harness sea power, air power, land power together. And they also work out how to op- how to work together as different allies. Yeah. Yeah, allies, coalition partners. And yeah. so much happens in such a sort of space of time. They go they go from sort of, you know, zero to hero in such quick order, you know, from the sort of yeah. third week of February, sort of running on their heels and being all absolutely clueless and mixed up and all over the place. They're kind of, you know, in, in three months they've turned the whole yeah. thing around. It's it's a, it's an absolutely incredible transformation. So Saul David's doing this. That's his yeah. his next ah, book is gonna be Tunis okay. Grad. Okay. Uh, it's going to be Excellent. fantastic. So. Excellent. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Hope you enjoyed the Dan Buster stuff. We'll see you all again very soon. Bye-bye. Cheerio. I'm Anthony Scaramucci, former White House Director of Communications and Wall Street financier. And I'm Katty Kay, U.S. Special Correspondent for BBC Studios. I've been covering American politics for almost three decades. Welcome to The Rest is Politics U.S., brought to you by Goalhanger. Go on, tell us, were those donations you made, like Obama in 2008, was that idealism? Were you hoping to get something out of these campaigns that would serve your own business interests, for example? So I think this will either make this podcast incredibly successful, Caddy, or people <laughs> will be horrified and they'll shut it off right now because I'm going to be very real with you. The Obama donation, I had gone to law school with President Obama. We were not classmates. I was a few years ahead of him. It was 2007. He was then Senator Obama. I had a check in my breast pocket. I went over to the senator. I said, Senator, I said, you and I didn't really know each other in law school, but I'm about to hand you a big check. Can I lie to my friends and tell them that you and I knew each other in law school? (laughs) Well, Obama looks at me, had the best smile in American politics since Jack Kennedy. Forever. Yeah. He lights up. He looks at me and says, I'll tell you what, if you double the amount of the check, we'll take it back to Hawaii. Okay. And I looked at him. I said, you're done. I had another check in my pocket. I ripped it up. I doubled the amount of the check. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've been to more White House Christmas parties during the Obama administration than the Trump administration. In this pivotal year for the United States, democracy and world affairs, Britain's biggest podcast, The Rest is Politics, is launching stateside. Uncovering secrets from inside the Biden and Trump inner circles and how they shape the world's most important economy, but also the global economy too. New episodes are released every Friday morning. Just search The Rest is Politics US wherever you get your podcasts.